Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Life and Couture podcast, where we are cultivating conversations for women on the journey to self-love, self-discovery, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Tara Sherman, and today's episode is sponsored by Acuity Scheduling, an online appointment scheduling software where clients can schedule appointments, pay, and complete intake forms online 24-7, and signing up is free. So let's dig into today's episode. So today I wanted to talk about um, entrepreneurship, the expectation versus the reality. So um, entrepreneurship is an amazing journey filled with many lessons and many obstacles that you have to overcome with time. But if you see, but if you see it through, um, entrepreneurship can be extremely rewarding. So many of my clients, um, and, and this is just, I've just found a current theme over time. So many of my clients are entrapped in the expectations that, um, basically that social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat. Um, so basically they become entrapped and the expectations that social media has set. So when real trials kick in or real tribulations kick in, you know, the things that most entrepreneurs and most companies won't show and won't, you know, announce to the public, um, these trials have them ready to just throw in, throw in the towel and give up. Um, and so what I always like to encourage them is by letting them know that anything that is worth having, anything of true value and real quality, it will take time to build and establish. So many are ready to venture into entrepreneurship for different reasons. So maybe you have a current job that you absolutely hate. Um, the idea of working for low pay um, in exchange for making someone else rich, maybe leaving a bad taste in your mouth. Or um, many people think this is a means to get rich quick, um, an opportunity to make more than what their current positions are paying or, you know, make more than what they are currently, um, generating for themselves. Or, you know, I think people have this concept that when you're an entrepreneur, you get to do what you want to do and you get to work when you decide that you want to work. And so what I wanted to do today is just address, um, I want to address five areas that I feel, um, a lot of new entrepreneurs are kind of struggling with and not even just new entrepreneurs um, and maybe entrepreneurs who who have maybe they've been in business for a few years and in the business industry a few years is still you're still a fairly new entrepreneur. Um, but, you know, it's certain milestones and certain obstacles that you don't hit until you know, after you've been in business for for some time until after, you know, you start to see a certain kind of income. And then um, there are some other obstacles that hit that um, we just really weren't prepared for. And so I wish I wish before I had officially launched um, before I had officially launched my business way back when <laughs> I wish that someone um would have spoke to me about my expectations versus what the reality of being an entrepreneur was because even when you go through like different coaching programs even when you are being mentored there's a lot of things that coaches and mentors don't want to talk about and it's just um not necessarily because they want to be misleading but it is something different it's difficult to admit your faults and then one it's like you're coaching someone else which I don't think a lot of people realize that um, it's more effective to talk about, you know, some things that hindered you as opposed to, you know, your success story alone, um, because most people need to know what you went through, how you got through it. And that way, when they face it, they can find encouragement, not, not only not only encouragement, but they can find empowerment in it and they'll have the information that they need to navigate that specific situation. Um, and so. The first thing I wanted to talk about is um, mental health and happiness. And so I know for most, uh, and it's so funny because, um, you know, I, I've done um, I've done a podcast interview previously where we discussed mental health. And the more 
the the more my career grows and the further I go into my career, the more I'm identifying that um, I need to be in tune with me, with self-care, with my peace of mind, with my happiness and, and just making sure emotionally, mentally that I'm good um, because you go through, it's a roller coaster, guys. Like it really is a roller coaster. You go through this roller coaster of different feelings from excitement to anxiety to um, disappointment if something doesn't pan out exactly how you thought it would to, I don't know, depression, extreme spots of joy with your wins. Um, and so it's important because a business takes many twists and turns. And so what I was doing when I first got into business is my emotions were attached directly to the twists and turns of my business. And, um, and that's something that people don't really, like, we don't really consider that element or we don't really consider that factor when we're starting a business, we think, okay, I'm launching this, this business. It's my vision. It's been my dream. It's going to immediately bring me joy. Um, and so we get so caught up in feeling like once we launch that, um, we'll reach this goal of happiness or we'll reach this goal of joy that we don't consider that, um, you know, (laughs) it's not all peaches and cream. And so that's why I want to address mental health and happiness because anybody who has been in business, anybody who has worked with real clients, anybody who has worked diligently to sell a product, who has worked diligently to sell services that they offer, they will all tell you that each day is not, we're not getting up singing songs with the birds and whispering, whistling at the trees, um, Some days are a lot more difficult than others. And so it's really important to really stay in tune with yourself, really be checking in to you, Um, really only take deals where, you know, your peace of mind won't be compromised because that's something that's easy to do. We see money coming in and, you know, deals are coming in. And so we just we just want to take whatever is paying or we want to go where the money is going when in reality, the money has to match your money standards, but it also, the source of that money, um, the effort that you're putting in, the energy that's involved, like you have to take all of that into consideration because you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you are depressed, if you are down in the dumps emotionally, spiritually, um, it's, it'll be damn near impossible for you to create anything of real substance or anything of real value. And I know a lot of times that um, we always, I forgot who I was having this conversation with, but we were talking about how, you know, like with musicians and and certain artists, um, they always like create these amazing things out of pain or out of heartbreak. Um, And, and this is kind of what made me add, because actually mental health and happiness, it was actually number five. I have my notes written down here. It's actually number five in my notes um, because I'm like, I, I just wanted to marinate on that because we were talking about how, you know, artists create amazing things out of pain. And, and we think about how, um, you know, our pain is a part of our story. And so you, it is possible to create some amazing things out of pain. And so I wanted to address that by saying that um, it's not that you won't go through certain things because life is going to continue to happen. Um, You are still human at the end of the day. You are still a person at the end of the day. And so you will go through certain things. But I feel what has helped um, different business people, different artists, different creatives to create these amazing products out of pain or as a result of their pain is because they're actively healing themselves. They're actively checking in with themselves. They're being transparent about what is going on. Um, And because of that, they create amazing products that are, that are relatable to other people who have either encountered those particular situations and gotten out of them or who are currently going through them. Um, and so that is what makes something really great. And so really check in with yourself. Um, really check in with yourself. Really be transparent about who you are, about um, where you are, about what you're dealing with, and about 
how it's affecting you and how it's affecting your ability to show up as an entrepreneur and not saying share it with the world, but be transparent with yourself about it. Cause oftentimes we can get, we can get so caught up on this, um, you can get so caught up on this hamster wheel of, okay, I'm working, 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 working. I work around the clock. Um, and even my schedule is comparable to that. And so you, it's easy to get caught up on that hamster wheel of continuously working around the clock. And so you also need to be able to, um, you also need to be able to take a step back, check in and see where you are. Because if, Half the battle is in is in your mind. So if you are losing there, then you are going to lose everywhere else. And so that's why that went from being number five on my list to I wanted to address it first. Second thing I want to talk about just really briefly is the glitz and glam. So at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, um, I like to think of entrepreneurs as um, visionaries as creators. Um, and I like to think that our position in the world is to consistently improve things. So it's nothing new under the sun. And I've said this before, and I'll say it time and time again, it's nothing new under, under the sun. So our job is not to recreate the will. Our job is to consistently improve the will that's already here. And so, um, and so, I always like to think of entrepreneurs as it's our job to create and to constantly improve the world around us and to pour into our communities. Whereas I know a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people that I've had the opportunity of, of meeting with and speaking with, they're in it for this, um, this facade of a life of glitz and glam. Now that's not to say that there are not glamorous parts of being an entrepreneur and that, um, you know, once you reach the level that you are striving to reach that, you know, you'll be able to afford the things that you want. You'll be able to to go the places that you want to go. Um, but it's not consistent glitz and glam because as an entrepreneur, it's, it's hard work. It's, it's extremely hard work. And so, um, And so I'm sorry, guys. And so it's extremely hard work. And so we get caught up in, oh, I'm going to be like dressed up every day and I'm going to be able to do this and do that. And what you have to understand is even when you're able to afford certain things, you won't necessarily always have the time to get those things done. Um, or you won't always have the time to dress from head to toe or face be everywhere you go. I mean, I'm still I wish Kim Kardashian would share her secret since we never, ever see her with a hair out of place. Um, so, so Kim K, um, could you please write a book or <laughs> launch some kind of product that would help those of us who look crazy three to four days a week um, improve on that? Because I'll tell you just from my own personal, just from my personal experience and my personal lifestyle, um, my hair is natural, so certain days that's difficult to get ahead on. <laughs> it may be difficult to get ahead on, and so we are. And it's like you know, because I have the pictures, the pictures I post with the you know from my blogs and on Instagram, and of course I'm not taking any pictures of me when I look crazy. And so, um, whenever people see me or are talking to me, they're like, "Yeah, because you're always." dress this way or your makeup's always this way and I'm like and I always I'm always honest with people about that I'm like and I'm, I'm really honest because just in case somebody sees me out and they like she don't look like that on Instagram but I'm always I, I always make it my business my my mission to really be honest and I always tell people like I don't look like that all the times there are plenty of days and weeks where I'm just in the lab head down hair not combed um jogging pants just get into it and so um that's the glisten glam so i know i know we share some really good content um especially via social media 
but you got to understand like that content is pre-planned, that content is mapped out. And, um, that's a part of our, um, that's part of our editorial calendars, editorial calendars. That's a part of our, um, content planning. And our mission is to make sure from a branding standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, that the content that we're putting out is of quality so that we are attracting readers. We are attracting clients. We are attracting customers. And so it's not always glitz and glam behind the scenes because you got to think about it. These products don't create themselves. These books don't write themselves. These blogs don't write themselves. Um, these from packing orders and shipping orders and postal runs and drop offs. And, and it's, it's so much that goes into being an entrepreneur, so much that goes into the day to day of entrepreneurship um, that glitz and glam is not a hundred percent of of this journey so the third thing i want to address is where am i sorry guys checking in my notes so the third thing i want to address is free time so i know a lot of us we always are like and i like to say we because i don't like people to feel like i'm talking at them um but we always feel like you know working a nine to five we don't get we don't get a say so in our schedule or, you know, if I could just own my own business and I could take these days off when I want to, I can um, travel these days when I feel like it and I don't have to answer to anybody. Um, or it's like I can, it's like you almost feel like you get to work less hours or you get to work more desired, desirable hours or hours that fit into into your time. And it's like, it's that notion, but what we don't realize is that, okay, when you are working a nine to five, you have a set schedule that you work each week. Um, and for most, I know like in retail and um, hospitality, those schedules may fluctuate and they may, they may vary from week to week. But um, for the most part, you have a pretty good for most part, you got a, a pretty good like routine schedule. So you know when you're clocking in, you know when you clock out, you know if you work over a certain amount of hours, you're getting paid overtime. And in entrepreneurship, none of that exists. So so basically, whereas you get to work a nine to five, entrepreneurship is literally 24-7 from the time you wake up to the time you close your eyes. And there will be plenty of weeks where you are working consistent hours and you are not being compensated for those particular hours that you worked because you were working for yourself. And so um, sometimes we bust our ass and we work, 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 and we may have an extremely good month. And then the next month it may not be, it may, the next month may not do as well as the previous month. And so we just put in the same amount of hours, but we're not being compensated the same on the same level that we were when we had the really good month. And so, um, I even was talking to, I was talking to a colleague of mine and she's in real estate and she was telling me, talking to me about the difference between, um, when she was basically, you know, on someone else's payroll and she was an employee and now that she's in real estate, she's full-time entrepreneur. And, um, she was just, she was telling me like, basically this entire year, she's only made, she's only made about $700 for this whole entire year. She's like, that's pretty much under the poverty line and so she was going on and on about that but the previous year she had an amazing year and I'm, I'm sure this year will, will pick up too but we were just having that conversation just to show how it really varies um depending on your market trend trends and your market changes and so it's like she's putting in those same hours of dedication and you know going on tours and you know, doing follow-ups and pitches and, you know, she's putting in all this work that she did the previous year when she had this amazing year and this year was kind of off to a rough start for her. And so, um, so we have this perception of we'll have free time and, you know, we don't really have to clock in and clock out and we don't have to answer anybody. And that can also, that can work as a double-edged sword because, um, you'll find out quickly in entrepreneurship that if you are not able to hold yourself accountable, if you are not disciplined enough to stick to a schedule, that you'll quickly fail. <laughs> so you won't have any income coming in. You won't have any clients. Um, you definitely won't see any sales. Um, 
and you definitely won't see any sales. And so we get so caught up in not wanting other people to tell us what to do, not wanting, you know what I'm saying? Like we may have, you know, we've all had horrible bosses in the past. So we might have someone that we're supporting or working under that we don't necessarily care for. Um, but a lot of times the people that we're work that we're supporting or working, um, you know, as a supporting role under or someone who's working as our superior, most times it's like a pride thing of not wanting to be told what to do. Um, or maybe you are just not responsible enough or, you know, you're not holding yourself. You're not able to, you know, hold yourself accountable and you're not disciplined. And so when someone is like consistently micromanaging us, and then this is not to just throw out that some people are just micromanagers by nature, but I mean, you got to be honest with yourself about your work ethic. Sometimes you're being micromanaged because you aren't keeping up, um, the way you're supposed to. And so we think we'll have all this free time. And what you don't realize is that the free time that you take any, any free time that you take as an entrepreneur Ooh, excuse me. It is costing you revenue. It's costing you income. And if being an entrepreneur, if your business is your sole source of income, then um, then you're affecting your livelihood by thinking you have all this free time in the world. And then also, like with me, I was I've always considered like, oh, when I'm once I'm an entrepreneur, I'll be able to spend more time with my family. I'll be able to, to um, go home and visit more. You know, and, and the reality of it is, it's like all of my air quote free weekends are also filled up and it's like, okay, you know, you, you want to take this time off, but at the same time, when your career is moving forward and you're being presented with opportunities that are really great opportunities that fit, um, and that are, that have already begun to take your career to the next level or could potentially take your career to the next level. Those aren't opportunities that you want to miss out on. And so you do have to miss some holidays. You do have to miss some birthdays. You do have to miss, um, that time that you thought you would have to allocate towards family and friends and hanging out. And I know like with me, um, people are trying to convince me it's okay to take a break. It's okay to, you know, and it's like it is, but especially like with where I am right now, you know, things are starting to happen pretty fast. And I always make this joke like I'm in my bag right now. Um, and so it's like it is OK, but, you know, I'm finally like I'm I'm chugging along the way that I want to chug along. And so it's like I don't want to lose that momentum. And so it's like, you know, and that goes back to that mental health and happiness. So just, you know, making sure you're consistently checking in with yourself. But the expectation with entrepreneurship is that you will have a lot of free time. The reality is you won't. It'll take up much more time than working a nine to five people. They go, they can work their shifts and they can come home and rest and cook and do whatever until, you know, it's time to go to bed, wake up and go back to work the next day as an entrepreneur. You don't have that same luxury um, and you never really know what to expect on the day to day because you know, it's your business, so you have to um, you have to forecast different problems. Um, you can't foresee every problem because as technology changes, the the market is changing. It's different um, different like current events that are happening that are directly affecting certain businesses, um, and you can't really pre- you can't really forecast all that. You can't foresee everything and so then you have to be on top of any problems that arise to make sure that your business is staying afloat and make sure you know that your income is continuing on that your brand um is still viewed in a good light and that you are hitting your objectives and your business goals so the fourth thing that i want to talk about is fast money because people get into People create businesses because they they think ultimately that they will generate all of this money like super fast. And what I'm here to tell you is while there are businesses where they are able to meet sales quotas and grow exponentially fast, um, like I've said before, anything of real value, true value 
and true quality, it will take time to establish. And so while money may be coming in fast, if you are spending it just as fast, it is basically it basically means nothing, right? So if you are not building a nest egg for your business, two nest eggs, one for your business and one for your personal life, um, then it's like basically you working ass backwards. And so um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is if you are not seeing fast money, fast results, just know that like even when I think about like basketball championships and it's the way I like to think about everything like these people literally like practice year round. They practice year round. Think about the practice to actual game ratio all the things that they do to prepare the physical therapy the conditioning the the um practicing the the team meetups and huddles to establish a brotherhood or sisterhood depending if it's WNBA or NBA um just all these things that they are doing behind the scenes um in addition to still working to build that the brand for that team so the interviews the um the appearances and then their own individual brands. So, you know, their endorsements, their commercials, their acting, they're on different TV segments. So all these things are going on. And then when it comes time for it, when it's championship time, they do all of this year round, but think about, but think about how much they practice and prepare compared to how many games they actually play. And I'm not, um, exactly sure of the ratio, but it's a hell of a lot more practicing than there is a game. And so you will have to prepare so much to see the kind of results that you want to see. And I've also been reading this book. It's called the 10 times rule. And it's saying how we always, um, understand how like we do things. And it's like, you know, people are like, this is my version of it. This is my paraphrase. People are like, oh, you don't have to do all that. I don't take all of that. And so the 10, the 10 time rule, the concept is that for any goal that you want to reach, you do 10 times the work to reach that goal. And, and they're like, so all the things that people are saying, don't take all that, don't take all that, don't take all that. So you do 10 times the work that it, that it takes to actually reach that goal. And not only will you reach that goal, but more than likely you're going to surpass what that goal is because you've over prepared. Um, and nothing, I forgot what the saying was. It's like success is when opportunity meets preparation. Excuse me. And I remember there were so many different opportunities I have been afforded, especially early on, um, in my career, you know, fresh out of college, you know, fresh with starting my, my business. Um, and people would pitch these things to me and I just, I wasn't prepared for them. I wasn't prepared to take them. And so instead of me challenging myself to get prepared after accepting them, I would either just ignore them, which is completely dumb. I would just ignore them out of fear or I would turn them down out of fear because it's like, oh my God, just no way I can get prepared for this. And so, um, when it comes to, when it comes to, making money and generating revenue for yourself, oftentimes you are going to be doing 10 times the work. You're going to be doing 10 times what it takes to generate that one sale. And so um, if you have this concept, then it will be easier in times when it's like, oh my God, I'm not seeing any sales. What can I do? Um, how can I overcome this dry spell, this dry period? And then you'll find different ways, different ways to be creative, different strategies that have worked in different fields that can be translated over into your industry, you will do what it takes to implement new methods to boost those sales. So always think in terms of, I need to do 10 times whatever it, whatever I think is going to take. So I, I want to make X amount of dollars and I think it's going to take this, 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 and this to get there, right? So you have that list of what you think is going to take to get there. Now create another list for what is 10 times this effort? that I think is it's going to take in order for me to reach the sale goal. And, um, yeah, cause 
like I said, a lot of people are all like, oh, I just started this business. Business is booming. Um, sales are great. And anytime you launch something, like immediately, family, friends, your current network, they're all gonna they're all gonna pour into it. But it's once you get past that launch stage, can you sustain? Are you sustaining? Is it something that um, is it something that is selling beyond the point of your family, friends, your current network? Is it something that is that is continuing to grow? Is it something that can sustain itself? And that's when you know. Um, that's when you know that you're either putting in the work or that you have something um, that is worth putting in the work. And so I'm not going to say that you have something that's worth putting in the work. But um, once you grow past that stage, it'll show you like, is this something that the market is demanding? And it'll also show you like, OK, um, is this something that my current strategies and methods will be able to sustain? And then that'll help you to further um move forward with that and so the last thing is that what works for others won't necessarily work for you i'm watching someone actively pursue something i'm watching someone be successful in it um and i want to jump into it i want to do it just like they are because it's working for them and um it's easy to get caught up on that hamster wheel of doing what you see others do um and ultimately copying what you see others do because it looks like it's working so so why work harder when i can just work smarter i could just do what they're doing and make it work but at the end of the at the end of the day no vision no business is created equal and so um in doing what you see work in in doing what you see another person do it's really it's really setting you back because like you you basically you can't make your next move until you you can't make your next move until the person that you're watching makes another move and so that's why it's really important to um study your market study um markets that complement your business or complement your industry or complement what you're pursuing Study trends in those fields that are directly related to what you are doing. And that way you can take and pull, pull and take from, from different strategies, different resources um, that have been known to work. You know, get adequate training um, and just make sure you have a plethora of information because the more information that you have, the better you are positioning yourself um, especially in terms of competitors and especially in terms of standing out in marketplaces is the ones that are oversaturated and the ones where they're being basically dominated by world-class brands that have been in the business and or they have been in their fields and they have been extremely effective and extremely successful at it for years and years and years um, and so the more information that you have, even if you're just starting up, cause I know a lot of people talk themselves out of pursuing something because they're just now starting up and they don't feel like they can compete with, um, competitors that have been around for forever. And, um, a part of that, it comes from you basically being too in tune with that brand and not in tune enough with your brand and with your vision and with learning more and with implementing more um, to give yourself a competitive advantage because smaller smaller businesses don't have the resources that larger companies and larger brands do. But what what will help to set you apart is that um, your challenge with being more creative. You also have the opportunity to customize experiences. Um, and you have the opportunity to give your clients and give your customers more of your attention, um, because you are not a, a larger brand. And so really, instead of, you know, watching what other companies are doing, watching what other businesses are doing, I mean, you definitely need to kind of keep an eye on them just for, just for competitive purposes, but you really need to figure out what your strengths are. What are some strengths that you can 
um, build this brand around and that'll help you to stand out in your marketplace. And so just kind of go over my might be out of order, guys. Um, so first thing I covered was mental health and happiness. Um, the second thing was free time. Third thing was glitz and glam. Fourth was fast money. And five was what works for others won't necessarily work for you. And so what I'm really working to do with the Life Couture podcast moving forward is um, I really want to address a lot of, you know, there, there will be that personal element to it, the lifestyle element to it. But I also want to make sure I'm giving you guys the information that you need to um give you guys the information you need to not only continue to grow and develop as entrepreneurs, but to grow and develop in your careers. If you have a nine to five or, you know, if you have a nine to five and you are building your business or in the stage of building your business, um, or if you are a full-time entrepreneur. So I just want to make sure that, um, this is kind of like a one-stop shop for female entrepreneurs. Um, and then also another segment that I will be doing is called Couture Confessions, where um, entrepreneurs can write in and send questions. Hold on. And I'm digging them out as we speak. So you can send all of your questions to hello at terracesherman.com. That's hello at T-E-R-R-A-C-E-S-H-E-R-M-A-N.com. So hello at terracesherman.com. Again, and so you could send questions from um, lifestyle questions to questions about your business, um, questions about building your brand. Hold on, guys. Sorry. And so each and so each week when I record my podcast, I will also be combing through these. Um, I will leave names anonymous, just. Um, some people are not some people are not comfortable with um others knowing that they're asking questions and I'm okay with that um just I just want to make sure that you guys are um I just want to make sure that you guys are getting the information that you need and so today I'm going to answer three questions I had them picked out I'm trying to pull up my email now dun, dun, dun. Alright. One second guys, I'm loading. And so I have this question of hold on. So I'm new to where am I? Okay. So I'm new to the Atlanta area and I'm looking to connect with other like-minded women. This hasn't been an easy task because the women I am meeting are either extremely shady and bougie. Okay. That's so I think she's trying to say either they're either really shady and stuck up or, um, or they have this facade of, pretending to actually be working but then once you meet them it's nothing like what their instagram looks like and so just um that's a really good question um i've been in the atlanta area <laughs> this is let me see so it's going on a year and a half so i've been here close to a year and a half and i had that exact same issue um, moving here I would go to these events and even now I mean even now it's it's kind of like it's it's kind of hit or miss um and so what's important is to one as a you know always be transparent one be transparent and clear about what you are looking to gain from these connections and what you have to offer in these connections and not like when you meet people like hi my name is such and such and telling them what you want, but you know, make sure you have your journal, write this down. What kind of people do you want in your life? Cause a lot of times we say like-minded and sometimes you'll be like, I want like-minded people in my life, but maybe mentally you're not even on the level that you think you are. I'm not saying you personally, but, um, or the person who sent this email, but just speaking from my own, my own perspective. And you know, 
life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you'll get what you, what you speak. So I want someone that's, that's, um, like a like-minded individual. And I was saying this over the years and I was saying this in those times when I wasn't healed, when I was a toxic person, when, um, I was still battling things and trying to, um, combat different things that I was going through. And so I would meet like-minded people who were going through the same thing. And so what, what we connected over was basically our brokenness and our dysfunctional, our dysfunctionality. Um, and so when you say like-minded, so you need to be clear on what your mental state is and then be clear on the kind of women that you want to meet and be clear on why you want to meet these kind of women and what you have to offer in those spaces of um, connecting with those like-minded women. So that's one. Okay. So two, once you have that defined, then um, Google is your best friend. Google different events, different networking events in the Atlanta area. Um, And then you can weed them out because I even was having this conversation with my own tribe. Um, I have some other, I have a tribe of entrepreneurs and bloggers that I'm connected with. And we were having this conversation about, you know, running into basically these rinky dink events because you can't get caught up in, I mean, this Atlanta, everybody's saying that they're doing something. Everybody has something going on and you get there and like the reality of it is it's not what you thought it was. And so something else is you have to invest, you know, where, what I find out is that when you're serious about something, you'll invest in it. And so what I was telling my tribe, I'm like, instead of us going to like events that are free or on the cheaper end, if we spend some real money, invest in some real networking events, invest in some, like some of the, the bigger conferences, um, that'll open up our network to people who are serious because you're more likely to be serious about whatever it is that you're doing if you're paying for it. Um, so that's two. And then three, um, just always, always check in with yourself and give it time because even I've, I've been saying this about business, but even with relationships, anything, um, of true value and true quality will take time to build and establish. So, you know, just really give yourself time, um, and really make sure that whoever you're connecting with, wherever you're opening up to, make sure that they are in alignment with this list that you've identified for the kind of people that you want in your life. Um, because trust me, I know it's, it, that's another task in itself is connecting with people who are helping you grow. And as you evolve and as you continue to grow and as, um, you know, you continue to build your career and build your network in the Atlanta area, um, you'll start to identify your, you'll, you'll start to identify and be more in tune with your needs as far as friends and, um, not even just friends, but friends and mentors and connecting and different reasons why you're connecting with certain people. And so I hope that was, (laughs) I hope that was helpful. So thank you for, thank you for sending that question. Okay. And then hold on. Sorting through ladies, sorting through. Okay, so this one is interesting. So I'm in a relationship and have been for about three years now. Um, My issue is that I don't really feel comfortable discussing ideas with my significant other because Typically, I've been met with resistance if my ideas are too far out of the norm. Okay. So the question is, hold on, guys, this is a long message. Too far out of the norm. (laughs) What are some tips you have for me being able to communicate, for me being able to communicate, and for me being able to communicate, and persuade my significant other to see my point of view before shutting it down. Okay, so this is a really good question because a lot of times we think that our significant others are going to just automatically support whatever we say or automatically be like, you know, clap for us. Oh my God, this is gonna be great. You can do it. When the reality of it is, okay, if you're a visionary, that means you can see something before it happens. You can, you can see the full picture before any of the puzzle pieces ever hit the table. And just because you can see it doesn't mean that other people will be able to see it. 
Um, I'm not a relationship coach, <laughs> but I will say that um, one of the biggest things is making sure that you are communicating. So maybe sit them down and just say, look, um, I have a lot of ideas and I know that you probably won't be able to see them, see them the way that I do because it's my vision. Because a lot of times people can't see stuff until you actually start to build it or until it's already built. And that includes significant others, parents, best friends, siblings. Doesn't make them bad people. And that doesn't mean that they aren't for you. Um, but you do need to explain like, look, I don't want to be met with resistance every time I share something with you because, you know, you know, sometimes I just want you to listen and let me get it out. And so have that conversation where you elaborate that. And then once you are sharing your ideas, like if you're going to share an idea and if it's just like, if I'm just like, look, baby, I'm trying to look, baby, I'm just trying to take over the world as opposed to I'm trying to take over the world by doing X, Y, Z. And I have my strategies lined out, um, to back whatever this idea is that I have, like, this is what I'm planning on doing. And these are the things that I have to do because like you said, how do you persuade them, you know, to, how do you persuade them to be interested in your ideas and to actually like see it the way that you see it? And it's like, you almost got to pitch it. Like, um, because I know like my boyfriend and I, when we were in college and I would talk about being an entrepreneur and all these things that I wanted to do. Um, he wasn't as open to entrepreneurship back then. Like back then it was just like, we're going to get these degrees. We're going to get these good jobs. And that's going to be that. And so, um, now at this point in our life, like we are both pursuing entrepreneurship. And so it's, it's funny to me cause I never would have saw that coming. <laughs> I never would have saw that coming with him. And so, um, it's not that it is not that, um, he's not supportive. So I don't want to get, I don't want you to get discouraged in it. It's not that he's not supportive. It's just that he can't see it. And logically on his radar, um, logically it doesn't like fit within his radar. And so you just got to speak his language as with anything with communication is important. Um, cause it's like, you have a vision and our challenge is getting it out in a way that our audience will buy into it. And so that's a part of branding and marketing your business too. And so maybe your boyfriend is the, or significant other, um, is the, maybe that's the practice that you need, you know, once you get over that hump to, to build that comfort level and, you know, actually pushing these ideas and getting these ideas out. So, um, so yeah, so if you are just, if you are just throwing out ideas randomly, just let them know, look, this is like a random idea, but I just want to get it out. And you got to be okay with the fact that when you are in the creative stages, you're in the trenches all by yourself. And that is a hard thing. That's a hard pill to swallow. But I mean, unfortunately, that's what it is. So just be open about, um, just be open about it. So, and then... So I hope that helps. Okay, next question. Try to pick something I can answer quickly. <laughs> Yay. Here we go. So I recently collabed with another brand I recently collabed with another brand and we are working on creating a calendar of events. So up until this point, my partner has not really kept up her end of the deal. She's not meeting at the requested times. She is not as involved as I am, or she makes promises that she forgets about. And when I remind her, then she's like, oh, I forgot I had something to do, but I'll get on it now, but still never does. Um, I will say this because I had the same situation. The thing is, oh, and her question is, um, what should I do about this? I want to walk away, but I don't want to diminish my brand or my relationship with this person. Okay, so the thing is that, um, back to this communication factor. Communication is extremely challenging but it is extremely important i'm not even gonna say that i'm the best at it because at this point in my life when i get <laughs> irritated i was just like okay that's it that's enough you know um but i also know this if if you are early enough 
no, I'm not even going to put that kind of pressure on you because um, I have been in situations before and I felt like it was too late to back out of them. Um, and I'm like, I don't want it to make, I don't want to, I don't want to look bad if I cancel. I don't want to offend this person if I tell them the reasons that I'm bothered, you know, stuff like that. But you got to understand anytime that you are not honest about something that's not working for you or something that's not working for your brand, that'll do more damage in the long run because you harboring all these ill feelings, you harboring this irritation, this frustration. Um, and then also, the fact that you're even answering these questions, asking these questions shows that you are in tune with yourself and that something is not feeling right to you. So if it's not feeling right, address it. If you are questioning, if you have to question whether you should do something or not, chances are you shouldn't do it. And you should have that conversation sooner rather than later before you start investing money in it, before you continue to invest this time in it. Because if it's one-sided, um, chances are... Um, Chances are, if it's one-sided, if the effort doesn't match, if the attention doesn't match, if the the energy is not there, like you can't you can't force something that's not there. So if it's not there with the two of you, the best thing you could do is have a sit down, let your partner know, like, look, I was trying, um, you know, and and you could say things and be direct without being you know offensive. Just look, I don't feel like this is working in both of our interests and you know sometimes you'll be meet with some met with some resistance like well i feel like it's fine blah 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 just stick to your guns i don't feel like this is working for me you know um maybe like in the future if and that's if you're interested you know maybe in the future we could we could talk about or revisit this but as for right now i kind of just want to do my own thing um you know i'll still support you i still want to be connected to you but as far as like a working relationship, I just don't know if now is the best time for us. And it's always better to be honest about it because what I would do is I would go through with these partnerships and I would be so done by the time it was over. Just like, I, I'll, if I never saw you again, I, I'm not going to cry about it. Like, um, because I was that frustrated because I just harbored all these feelings because I thought that was a professional thing to do. Smile, not handle it on my end professionally so that all my eyes are dotted all my t's are crossed when in reality it's costing you more than it than it'll actually help you in the in the long run because um it's draining you and if you are drained then you can't adequately create and you can't adequately adequately pour into others and whatever you guys are partnering on is not going to have the impact that you want it to have because it's draining the life and the creativity and the patience out of you um, and so that's it for this week's, um, uh, <laughs> that's it for this episode's couture confession segment. So please guys send me your questions. I had, I had quite a few more, but I was just trying to answer the ones that, um, I felt I could get through a little quicker. So if I haven't gotten to your question on this episode, no worries. I will be getting to your question on the next episode. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Life and Couture podcast. Until next time.